Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club. And with that, welcome to the dueling club, learning one spell at a time. Hello, and welcome to the dueling club. It is me, I am Al. And I'm Jen, and you're weird. I mean, it's fine. Pick your battles. Uh, I, I'm just saying you're weird. Yeah, that's established, though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do something better with your time. If I, I were you, I would have been like, takes one to no one, to which I would have said, absolutely. Yeah, but again, why mm-hmm. would I state the obvious? I don't know. There you go. Because it may not be obvious to everyone else. Okay, I mean, if you're listening to us, obviously it's okay. obvious. So, anyway, moving on. How are you? <clears throat> I live. That's good. Yes. You cut your hair. I did. I like it. I feel like it needs to be um, shaped up a little bit. Yep. But I like it. Yep. Used to be very wild. Now yep. it's better. Yep. A little bit more tamed. We don't want it too tamed. No, in a sense. It still has some, some wildness to it, but yeah. it's it's less wild. Well, I'm going to dye it again. So, why do you bow your head in defeat? Can you go to an actual place, please? You know what? Let me check my bank app and I'll let you know. Okay. Right now. Live. Okay. Anyway, what else is going on with you? Stupid phone case with a stupid thing. Um... It's a new phone case, and it has a smudge on the fingerprint scanner, so I can't use a fingerprint scanner. Then, yeah? Yeah. Why would you have it if you can't use it? Cause have, what? Because my other case was a two-part phone case where it has, like, a little frame, and it goes into something. Yeah. But I lost the frame, so I couldn't use the thingy. So I bought a new one, and this is the new one, and then I found the other part to the old one. But then I'm like, well, this one's kind of neat. Like, seals in my phone. But the fingerprint scanner doesn't work. It's a complicated, convoluted, stupid story. A little bit. Okay. Well, I didn't need that. <laughs> I was saying about the convoluted. Don't look at me that way. It wasn't really at you. It was like a sideways kind of thing. Yeah, you side-eyed me. Oh. Yeah, I can go do that. <laughs> okay. I'm only saying because last time it was a half-hearted effort and it didn't really do much. No, it did a so, lot. I went from black hair to having actual near platinum blonde hair for a little bit, a little strip. It worked. I just didn't take it all the way. Well, because I was scared of damaging my hair. Again, going from yes, a raven black hair. Yes, but then you cut it off anyway. To... Okay, number one, why are you attacking me? I don't understand what's <laughs> happening here. I'm not attacking you. This is messed up, dude. <laughs> anyway... You can say anyway, but I'm still here feeling attacked. <laughs> I'm not attacking you. <laughs> comment down below, is she attacking me? It's not a YouTube video, but find a way. I mean, they'll comment on Facebook or on Instagram or on Podbean itself because yeah. that's where we are. One of the million places where you allow yourself to attack me and people can listen. That's great. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, I mean, like, follow, subscribe, and comment if you think I'm attacking him. Because apparently he feels attacked right now. Your tone is very pointed. <laughs> Whoever gets that reference, I will send you something. But don't look it up. That ruins the fun. You just get something free and that makes me angry. Stupid <sighs> fingerprint scanner. 
Anyway, <laughs> why are you laughing? I cleaned it. Technology has bested you. It's just stupid. Okay. So, what else is going on in your life? Many things. Yeah. And also nothing. Oh, well, also tell things. us the many things. I mean, the girlfriend is still, you know, we're still planned to come here. The ticket is still bought. Everything is still good. Yay! <coughs> she also also attacks me and abuses me on Smash Brothers on the Switch. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not attacking you. Anyway. Yes. Okay. We play games and I show her how impressive I am and then she's like, hey, I want to play Smash? And I'm like, no, please. <laughs> and then abuse, 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 abuse. <laughs> Are you having fun? Time of my life. <laughs> Thank you, dear. Oh, I love it. Um, I'm back to case. I can't do it. I, I knew you would. Can't do it. Return the new case. It'll be my backup piece. It is waterproof, so it actually does have value. Except you can't use the fingerprint thing. So why do you have... Listen, if I'm underwater, it's not going to matter anyway. Because <laughs> then your fingers will be all pruney. There you go. Fair enough. Thank but you. why would you be underwater? Like, who's trying to kill you underwater? Again, why are you so pointed right now? <laughs> I don't I don't decide how my future's going to go. <laughs> yes, you under, do, actually. If I'm underwater and I need to use my phone... <laughs> why would you forego- need to use your phone underwater, though? <laughs> like, I don't understand. Why, why are you in this hypothetical situation where you're trapped underwater and need to use your phone? Again, I don't decide how my life goes. <laughs> yes, you do. In some ways, but who knows? Be L- prepared. Listen up, everyone. You are the main character in your story. You decide what happens. The main character doesn't always get to decide. We're literally talking about Harry Potter. <laughs> True story. <laughs> you're you're terrible. <laughs> I'm just saying how it is. All right, don't attack me again. I'm not... The only time that I attacked you was just now when I said you were terrible. That's the only time in this entire conversation. Wow, so you admit to attacking me then? One singular time when I called you mm-hmm, terrible. Mm-hmm. All I hear is that, yes, I attacked mm-hmm. you, so... Why are you only hearing what you want to hear? Well, hey, I'm a human. Anyway. Hey, wait. My life has been good. You had Kobe beef yesterday, which we'll talk about oh, yes. in a long segment here. Because you are obsessed. At one time, obsessed. It's over. It's it's the best. Everything I'm that still anyone. Case. I'm so sorry if you guys are yeah. to that. Any everything that anyone has ever said about stop grabbing random things on your desk. Don't tell me how to live my life. Number one. <laughs> number two. You're just making noises. That's why I'm saying stop. Okay. Well, I'm trying to have my. Vitamin C immune system boosting little cough drop thingy. Not really a cough drop. It's like a little shove it in your mouth kind of thing. That's weird. Um, (laughs) Let's just keep talking. Just ignore me, please. So, yes. Anything that anyone has ever said about Kobe beef is 100% true. And it's even better than that. Okay. It's melting your mouth, succulent deliciousness. That gets juicier as you chew on it because the heat from your mouth helps to melt that intermuscular fat that it's known for. Like, those are some happy cows. It's just amazing. And now I need to make more money and (laughs) 
and and move up in the company that I work for so that I can make more money, so that I can make that Kobe kind of money. We were talking about buying it from some place, like a butcher, mm-hmm. and actually preparing it ourselves. We don't lack the cooking skill. No, we don't. Not that you have much to do anyway, besides sprinkle with a little thing of salt. Oh and even gosh. then, you don't need salt, really. So, Like like a little bit of salt, obviously, because that helps bring out the flavor salt. naturally a little bit. But, oh my gosh. It was, it was, I felt super fancy yesterday. You know, I'm going to tilt the mic so that it's more like this and tilt it down so I can actually look at you because I have it positioned so I'm looking away from you. Mm-hmm. But I look at you so much. Yeah, because the way that our podcast works is that we kind of feed off of each other and yeah. we're just looking at each other talking yep because you know that's hello that's how that works so it makes sense yeah. that you <laughs> so it makes sense that you would want to position it differently the mic differently so that you can look at me i swear today is just a day you know things we keep, are we keep, hard we keep saying you know when we can't talk wow today is hard it's just our lives are hard <laughs> Pretty much. We are special people. Thank you for for sticking through it with us. Like we are we are having troubles. Apparently we're still learning how to speak. (laughs) Oh I was gonna say something and then I was gonna you know what guys? I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. We can't speak and in a couple months I turn forty. Don't say that. It hurts my soul. In a month and a half, you turn... Don't do it. 31. Why would you do it? I literally said don't do it. Because I just said I was going to be 40. And you have to put me down too? Yes. (laughs) Okay, well... Sister, yay. (laughs) So we've gotten to this age... Both of us, respectively, our ages, and we still can't talk. It doesn't bode well for our future, does it? No. Oh, it doesn't. Well, thank you for staying with us. Appreciate it. Please remind me to give you the bottle of butterbeer, because I was supposed to do it last week and I forgot. Yes, you did. I'm not sure if I went to my room and passed out or what I did. Yeah, yeah, that's what. No, you went and took a shower because you were mad. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. What was I mad again? Because the electricity went out. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because they're douchebags. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyway. It's not from lack of payments. The, the new owner did stuff. And yeah, did some... So, I'm sorry. If you are an owner of something, of a, of a place of residence, and you have tenants, aren't you legally required to let them know when you're doing things? Yeah, that requires utilities to be turned off. Whether yeah. it's... Changing a pipe in this part of the house so the water in the entire building has to be off or wiring for something has to be changed because it's old or whatever. Like, you have to let people know. So they can plan accordingly. Yeah, exactly. (sighs) All I know is that when we buy a new place, I've already decided that I'm buying solar panels and a generator. Period. That's the way to go. That way you can actually end up selling some of the... The leftover yep. energy back to PSE and G or whatever the energy company is, wherever you mm-hmm. buy the house. Um, so that you can get a discount off of your bill. Yep. And if need be, you can be off the grid for a while. 
My high school teacher's son, and we're talking about forever ago. Thank you for bringing up my age, by the way. You're welcome. Um, his Doesn't son, it make you feel awesome? His son was already <laughs> using solar panels back then. And he was selling electricity back. Yeah. And so instead of having a bill. They had a credit. No, no, no. He, he got, he, back then, he got a check. Mm-hmm. He got like a little check. It wasn't a credit to his account. It was an actual check. Because he owed nothing for so many months, they had to give him money. Yeah. They gave him money. They're like, damn it, this guy. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, my son knows that he's not going to get a return on his investment, you know, for years. Mm-hmm. But does it matter in the end? No. Well, so... You, you would think that it does, but the thing is, is that you control what happens at your house. Mm-hmm. There are no more outages. Like, the street goes out, you're, like, kind of okay still. Yeah. Like, that's kind of massive. It's a stability that a lot of people, I mean, take for granted. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's... Even if you don't make your money back, let's say you spend, like, 15 grand on it, and it takes, like, 20 years or something to get your money back on it. Well, and once... Let's say it takes 20 years to get it back if you continue to own the house. Let's say you sell it. You make that money back when you sell it because they stay there you're not going to take them off so you sell it as a a feature yeah yeah especially nowadays with with like you said if it's someplace let's say that you lived in texas where they had last year where they had the really bad um outages yeah that would be a huge selling point yep but imagine people still don't have them you know in a lot of places. In, me- in, I would say, the majority of places. Yeah. He had them 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. Smart dude. Yes. Smart dude. So, yeah. I feel old. I'm super cold right now. Do you know what sucks? What sucks? When I bring up things, stories to people, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, yeah, I had this friend. Uh, we did this thing like 15 years ago. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm so old. So, my best friend mm-hmm. turned 14 um, 15 days ago. Yes. She, That's her a birthday. happy birthday, but happy belated birthday. I don't know. Yes. No, that's fine. So, three. Did you tell me? I don't know. I don't know. You've known her for, th- for your entire life. There has never been a moment in your life where she has not been around. I'm sad that I'm not on, like talking terms with her though oh she asks me about you all the time and i tell her all the time okay cool so that's good enough because because you're like her little brother too well if she ever wants to she can message me on facebook she doesn't have facebook i really do yeah i know i know so anyway um she for the majority of our lives everything happens to her three months before it happens to me the only major exceptions are she has a son And I am divorced. And, like, the other person doesn't have that. She's not married. She's never been married. Whatever. So, we've been talking about... They both end in kind of a similar thing, though. A child, a man-child. Yeah. So, (laughs) we we were talking about it, and I said, well, what does it feel like? What, What happened? And she's like, I've been going through this this period in my life the past couple months where I've been really introspective and I've been coming up with man I'm reaching this major milestone in my life and am I okay 
Like, is everything good? Am I where I want to be? Is everything fine? And you and I had this conversation the other day where apparently I am also having those things because 40 is a big number. Well, the thing is, is that I found myself having the same conversation with myself. I would say towards the end of last year, a couple of months ago. Right before you turned 30? No. I was already 30. Okay. But it was more of just because we're in the new year. So yeah. it was like three or four months ago. Oh, okay. I just sat there after job loss, after oh, Okay. After well, that makes stuff. sense because it was after a bunch of major You become a bit introspective and think. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like... You know, I don't really know what I expected of my life at this point. I I guess maybe expected like a wife and children and a house and stability. And I don't have too many of those things or any of those things, really. <clears throat> but, you know, I think I have made a lot of milestones regardless of the fact. I think I've met a lot of cool people. I feel like really, though I'm not... A traditional path of life, you know, like having the wife and kids. I think I'm okay with where I'm at right now, but I think that there's still more that I want to do. I don't think that my story is like sort of like I've reached a peak in my story. Well, I I can see that. I can see that, and I agree with you. One of the things that my her name is Dominique. We call I call her D. Mm-hmm. I have my entire life. Yep. At this point, I've known her. Oh, good God, thirty something. So we went to pre K together, but we didn't really know each other back then because we were four. And then we you ended up anything when you're four. So. I know, right? Um, and then we ended up actually becoming friends when I transferred to a school that she was at, and we were nine. So at this point. We will have known each other for three decades. The saying 30 years hurt? Yeah, it does. Okay. 31 years. I'll just say over 30 years. Yeah. Which that one hurts probably more. Yeah. So 31. <laughs> I'm just going to say it that way. Uh-huh. As long as you've been alive. Yep. Um, Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Anyway, um... Where we were talking about it and Dee and I made came to the same conclusion, whereas much as we hate it when people say it, it really does feel like 40 is the new 30 and 30 is the new 20. As much as like I said, I really hate that, but it makes sense because we're in a place where um, adolescents no longer have to immediately get married and find a job and whatever. It's more, we've delayed adolescence a little bit to where those kids who were 14, 15, you know, 50 years ago, 14, 15, thinking about, I'm going to get married soon. Yep. Are now 14, 15, thinking about, well, I have to figure out what college I'm going to go to. Or what line of work I want to do. Or what trade school or what line of work I want to do. Um, and then we get 20 year olds 
who would have been married and have kids and had an established career, they're still figuring it out. Some of them are are going into a master apprenticeship for whatever trade they're going into. Some of them are going to ma- to school for a master's degree or a PhD. Some of them are still trying to figure it out on their own. You know, so a lot of the time we you get people who are 30 who are just getting their stuff together. Yeah, I feel like um <clears throat> It's been, there was a study or like something, something to that degree where it was like careers are rarer and rarer now. Mm -hmm. Especially with the great resignation. Oof. Yeah. A lot of people really are more of job hopping than they used to. Like back, you know, like you said, 50-ish years ago, it was you had maybe one or two jobs and you're onto your career for the rest of your life until you retire. Mm Mm-hmm. But now people, there are people who have a new job every other quarter, every other month or two. Like, it's like a legit thing. People want to feel like their time is valued appropriately. Mm -hmm. And they aren't just going to bite the bullet and take a job that they don't feel is worthwhile. Yeah. I mean, take take my, my case as an example. I was with a company for three years and they started treating me not great. So I literally was approached by another company in the same in the same industry and they said, hey, you can do the same job you're doing now mm-hmm. for more money. Eh? And I said, okay. That's what happens. No, there, there is there, no more. If you're not going to no show me loyalty, loyalty I'm not going to show you loyalty. Corporate loyalty should not exist. Yeah. Period. If you are doing a job that is difficult and you're not being paid adequately. And you're not you being treated appropriately. As well. You need to find something else. And that's just how life is now. Yeah. Again, people used to just bite the bullet and climb up in the company or whatever and figure it out. 401k their way into a retirement of sorts. And yeah, please still have a 401k. Please still figure out something for for retirement, a Roth RIA, uh, whatever you need to do, a Vanguard account where you do, do deposit the $3,000 and it goes into those different funds and you, you mature your things like that. Cryptocurrency, if that's your thing, please develop an but exit also be, strategy. Also be very careful. Cryptocurrencies are a little weird, and those are more of a long-term investment than a short-term investment, and you have to be willing to let it all go. I, I would say that if you're using a professional service or something to help guide where you're going mm-hmm. to be investing assets, anything that you do personally, like cryptocurrency, typically is like a thing that you just do on your mm-hmm. own. I, I think there are services that help with that, but like yeah. also a lot of people just do it on their own. Be super careful. And investigate, research, everything. Be on top of it and understand what it is. You know, again, cryptocurrency is not a strike it rich right now kind of thing. It's a you have to watch it and see where the trends are going. And if you want to pull out because it looks like everything's going great and you've made a decent amount, pull out. If not, then Also research. Yes. Because, because if you pull out... Too early. If you pull out within the same year that you invest, because it's a one-year thing, Mm -hmm. pull out the same year that you invest, um, you are taxed at the highest possible bracket. Yes. So you are taxed in between 30 to 40% Mm -hmm. on any gains that you have. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, 
we're not saying don't invest in your future. Absolutely also, invest in your future. Also, definitely talk to someone who knows what they're talking about versus us. Yeah, I don't know anything about cryptocurrency. It, I know I sound fairly educated, but I don't my, know. Mine's more about stocks and cryptocurrency. I think, I think they're fairly under the same branch of terms of taxation. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely talk to someone and figure that out. Random life advice, but investments are very important. Make sure that you are... <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use some buzzwords here. Make sure that you have a diversified portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning 40 soon. I have to use the big words. You're doing it. Um, n- make sure that you're getting income from multiple streams. Make sure that you have legit streams. I just have to put that out there. Or if you're not legit, you've got your bases covered. Yeah. Anyway, um, but let I, us talk I'm, about Harry Potter. But I mean it in like a... You don't have to put up with crap. I had to censor myself from any employer. I've already had to censor myself once. Yes. You don't have to put up from crap from any employer. But also make sure that you are covered so that you can retire at a... Number one, so that you can retire at all. Mm-hmm. And number two, so that you can retire at a relatively average age. Because we're not going to be like these baby boomers who are still out here in the workforce taking up jobs for, you know, Gen Xers, Millennials, and Gen Zers. You should have planned better. You should be out. Thank you for raising the eyebrow. But this no, is my TED I was Talk. Look, I was looking at my transactions list on my card. Okay. And I saw the JetBlue and Expedia ones. Okay. And I was like. <laughs> but this has been my TED Talk. Okay. Make sure that you have an exit strategy so that you can retire. Yeah. Um, it's very, very important. I know someone who got into engineering and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he is 41 retired. Well, so my, my boyfriend's brother, mm-hmm. he he works in cars and like um selling and buying parts and and they do auto trades and auto shows as well and like he makes a a fair amount of money mm-hmm. okay they bought a house in Pennsylvania and of course it's got the 30 year mortgage the 30 year fixed mortgage that everybody does this dude has had this house for 10 years and it's almost completely paid off smart he has enough money saved in the different things so that he literally told his parents in like five years i'm gonna be able to retire and if i need to i'll be a door greeter at walmart like that's it and granted that's great that he has a plan i guess to become a door greeter at walmart if that's what he wants to do we all have dreams yes but he has, and it's a, it's a fairly large house in Pennsylvania, multiple bedrooms, mm-hmm. multiple bathrooms, um, a ton of land, and a bear that likes to hang out on their land. Nice. Oh. And deer and stuff, and a gopher that their cat likes to go into the little gopher holes. Whatever. He's Nature. just hanging out. Yeah. But it's theirs. Mm-hmm. It's his. It's, you know... Like, he'll be done soon. And if he literally never wants to drive two hours to work every day, because that's what he does right now, 
If he never wants to do that again, in a couple of years, he doesn't have to. So plan, plan ahead so that you guys can retire. Okay, back. We're 27, 28 minutes in. Harry Potter. We're going to do Harry Potter now? We're going to do Harry Potter. Okay. We can fit it in. Beetle Epe is a boring chapter. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's some stuff that happens here that that would be cool. Okay. So, we are doing, and I just had this open, and then I closed it because I'm a silly, silly pants. Mm-mm. I was going to say something else, but that. That's weird. Okay. That's weird, right? Anyway. Um, so, yes. I, I don't know. Episode 120. That's what I'm trying to figure out right now. I think it's 124. You told me last week it was 123. So, it's season 5, episode 28, because we had a bonus episode last week. Or the last the episode. So, it's... Season 5, episode 28, chapter 25. Yes, the Beetle at Bay. Yes. Ha ha! <laughs> See, I got it. Okay, so um, brief overview of, or how it ended, I guess, the last chapter. Oh, do you know that we're at episode 133 now? Oh my goodness. Like, we've been at it for a little bit. A little bit. Okay, anyway. So, recap. Um, so, I'm Harry just terrible. is doing Occlumency oh. lessons. Yes. I just wanted to throw out that Umbridge is terrible. Yes. Um, Occlumency is the ability to to protect your mind from it being read or intruded upon. By somebody who practices legitimacy. Yes. Yes. For some reason, the the pronunciation, like, my brain went... Because it's not words... They're not words that we use on a regular basis. True. Okay, anyway, continue. And he's taking those Occlumency lessons with... Professor Snape. I remember you struggling on Occlumency before. Oh my gosh, that word was just not happening. <laughs> I'm so glad that today it's not an issue. Yes. Although the rest of my my speech is an issue, but whatever. True. Um, and after one particularly difficult lesson, um, Harry heads over to the Griffin. <laughs> he heads over to Gryffindor Tower. <laughs> Anyway, Gryffindor Tower, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Fred and George are still at it uh, with their w- Wizard Wheezes products. And they're not called that yet, but soon. No spoiler. Um, Harry heads up to the dorm because, again, he's just like, I'm tired. <laughs> he's super tired. Well, you would be tired, too, if somebody was psychically attacking you. True. Um, and I'm going to read the last little bit of this little thing. Mm-hmm. Um Harry gives up and heads to bed, which is him trying to discuss, uh, what you call it, to discuss the lesson with Ron and Hermione. Mm-hmm. And he gives up on talking about it because the common room is not quiet like he had hoped. Again, it is full of people being crazy because the Weasley's Wizard Weezes product, the headless hats. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry gives up and heads up, uh, heads to bed into the dormitory. Harry is felled by intense pain and hears wild, almost insane laughter. As he returns to awareness, his scar is burning. Harry tells Ron he saw Voldemort's thoughts again, but this time he did not feel Voldemort's anger. The Dark Lord is ecstatic. 
Harry questions if occlumency is weakening his defenses rather than strengthening them, and wonders what made Voldemort so happy. Oh, we'll find out. And now this is where we begin. Yes. Chapter 25. Voldemort's joy, his happiness, is explained in the morning when they read the Daily Prophet report that shows that a mass breakout happened from Azkaban prison. Ten Death Eaters, including Antonin Dalahoff, Augustus Rookwood, and Bellatrix Lestrange, Why are you being have so escaped. Dramatic? I don't know. Okay, you're quiet now. Hermione suspects <laughs> that the Dementors defected to Voldemort's side and abetted the escapees. Which was something that... Um, Everyone called. Everyone called. They even called it earlier in in this book, where they were, where Dumbledore in Harry's hearing said, "Unless they're acting on somebody else's orders now," about them having attacked him in Little Winging. Yeah, they, uh, Dumbledore also said as much at the end of Goblet of Fire uh, in the hospital wing that Voldemort, you know, would recruit his old allies again. Yeah, and that you know. Azkaban isn't as safe as they think it is because it's guarded by the Dementors, which helped him before. Yes. Um, the Prophet, echoing Ministry uh, rhetoric, suggests the Death Eaters have regrouped around Sirius Black. So, I am so tired of me- of them making Sirius Black a scapegoat for everything. Yep. But it makes sense because he's the only he's the first person to have ever escaped from Azkaban. They still haven't caught him, and everyone except for the people in the know susp- believe that he k- was involved in the Potter's death and that he killed twelve people, eleven Muggles, and and oh, thirteen. Uh, oh, it was thirteen. Yes, it was thirteen. Twelve Muggles and Peter Pettigrew. Mm-hmm. Even though we know Scabbers is alive and well. Yep. Um, the Prophet also reports that a ministry employee named Broderick Bode died while in St. Mungo's Hospital, apparently strangled by a dangerous potted plant. Uh, this is when the, the trio actually remember mm-hmm. that he was in the same ward as Lockhart and they saw the plant be delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so... I wish that Neville had been there with them when they saw the plant come in. Because Neville would have been like, wait a second. Wait a fishy. second. Fishy, fishy. That is a fishy plant. I know better because I love plants. Mm-hmm. And that looks like it could kill you. Yep. He would have recognized it, though, because it was yes. Devil's Snare. Mm-hmm. He would have 100% recognized it. Um... Ron remembers seeing Bode in the same ward, yep, as Lockhart, and wonders how someone could mistakenly send a devil snare plant. Hermione suspect he was murdered, which kind of checks out. You can't send devil snare by accident. No? I don't think so. I mean, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Because I was about to send some to <clears throat> someone, and, you know, okay, anyway. Harry remembers meeting Bode at the ministry just before his hearing. Ron says he worked in the Department of Mysteries. Looking at the front page again, Hermione says something cryptic about sending a letter and dashes off. Yes, yes. Arthur Weasley actually said something about him, that he was a strange fellow, and that he worked for the Department of Mysteries. Yep. As Harry and Ron head to class, they run into Hagrid, who sheepishly admits that he is on probation. Harry wonders just how much more bad news he can stand. He should have listened to Hermione when Hermione said, let me help you plan some stuff. Yep. 
Uh, school gossip now centers around the Azkaban breakout. Of course. Many wizarding families are nearly as fearful of Death Eaters as they are of Voldemort. Susan Bones, who has lost an uncle, an aunt, and several cousins to Death Eaters, receives nearly as much attention as Harry. She wonders aloud to Harry how he stands it. Meanwhile... He, um, he can't. True. He he has trouble with it, and the only reason he can is because he has people like Hermione and Ron who are like, you're just Harry. Calm down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile, Professor Umbridge posts a new decree banning all Hogwarts teachers from having anything but class-related conversations with students. While teachers are unable to discuss their breakout with students, they are obviously talking about it among themselves and where Umbridge is unable to hear. I'm so tired of Umbridge. Honestly. Ima- imagine trying to restrict communication between teachers who are adults and more learned, who can pass on mountains of wisdom to their students, mm-hmm. and just relating it to class stuff, as opposed to everything. Yes. That's crazy. Umbridge continues evaluating Professor Trelawney and Hagrid, leading students to speculate that she intends to sack them. That would be a good assumption to make. Yes. Hagrid forbids Harry, Ron, and Hermione from visiting him after dark, fearing it will get them and him into trouble. Yes, because, uh, hello, decree that they're not supposed to talk about anything other than class-related. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. What is he going to say? Oh, so you came, they came to my hut after class to talk no. about class. Breaking curfew to talk about a class assignment? Yeah. Uh, Let's no. try again. Mm-hmm. Um. With Umbridge taking away everything Harry cares about at Hogwarts, only Dumbledore's army is left. Harry redoubles his teaching efforts and is mildly surprised that the group has been spurred on by the breakout. Even Zachariah Smith is working harder. Most affected, though, is Neville. Rather than becoming fearful, the news that his parents' torturers have escaped compels him to work even harder. Only Hermione masters the shield charm faster. Duh. So this is this goes with the conversation that you and I have had many times and on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Where which one is worse? Never having had parents or having parents who have been tortured to insanity and you know. Or never having have parents them. that you that you can't really communicate with. Like they're there but they're not. That you have parents but you don't really have parents. Yeah. Versus having never met your parents because they're passed away. I mean, obviously... Both are terrible. There's always a very... Yeah, exactly. But there's always the kind of a sense of loss mm-hmm. with not having a parent, with, with your parents having passed away and mm-hmm. never having gotten to interact with them. But I would say that it's kind of, like, removed to some extent because it is part of your past, but you, you didn't... You don't have memories that haunt you. Yeah. Versus Neville... Although technically Harry does. Typically. But for Neville, he's reminded of what he's lost. All the time. All the time. By his grandma, because comparing him to her son. Or by, um, you know, the people in school getting letters from their parents and stuff. Harry obviously deals with the same kind of stuff. But then Mm -hmm. having to actually come face to face with them during Christmas... And having them not even recognize you. But the thing is, is that they do recognize him, but they can't. But do the, they... the gum wrapper from Alice? Yes, from his mom. Yes, is but... evidence enough that she recognizes who he is because she didn't give it to 
her mother-in-law. She gave it to her son. True. So she recognizes him. She but knows not, that he matters. Yes, but she... But you can't... She your parent ma- your parent is right in front of you, can, and they can never tell you they're proud of you or that they love you. Yeah. And now the people who made them that way have is, escaped. Is free. Is... They're not no longer dealing prison. with the repercussions of yeah. their actions. Yeah, and they get to live a life that his parents can't live now. Yeah. Um, and it's around this time also that Harry and Cho start flirting with each other a little bit more, unbeknownst to Harry because he's an oblivious teenager. Yeah, that's how it'd be. Well, because isn't this when they have the conversation about, oh, Valentine's Day is there coming up? Oh, yes, it did. Sorry, my brain. Boop. Unfortunately, Harry's occlumency lessons are not proceeding nearly as well. He is still unable to block Snape's probes. His scar is prickling almost continually, and he has small flashes of Voldemort's emotions. Um, he dates this increased sensitivity to when Snape's lessons started, leaving Ron wondering if Snape is making it easier for Voldemort by deliberately hindering Harry. Hermione reminds him that Dumbledore trusts Snape, and if Dumbledore is untrustworthy, who can they trust? So I just wanna I just wanna bring out the fact that they don't inherently trust Snape. They never have. No. Even when Dumbledore has said repeatedly, we should trust Snape, he's one of the good guys. They have all said, uh, no, no, he's not. And they continually get proven wrong, right? But Hermione makes a good point here. Dumbledore trusts him, and we're saying that we don't trust Dumbledore's reasoning then? And if we don't trust Dumbledore's reasoning, then we don't trust Dumbledore. So who can we trust? Well, their whole thing is Dumbledore is trustworthy, but who's to say that he isn't fooling Dumbledore? Which is a valid point. Yeah, so we're going to say that in some respects, Snape is more powerful than Dumbledore, so he's able to fool Dumbledore. Maybe Dumbledore is too trustworthy. Maybe Snape's long history of trustworthiness has lowered Dumbledore's defense to some degree. There's a variety of reasons that people can sort of tug on to make it make sense that Snape is still guilty even though Dumbledore trusts him. Yeah. And it makes sense, and it's not unfair. Mm-hmm. Because Snape is always sort of on the periphery of bad things happening. Yes. And he fits into the that role very easily, whether it's by intention or not. Yeah. I said very big words just now. Anyway. Yes, <laughs> Valentine's Day weekend arrives. Hermione receives an owl message, then tells Harry to meet her at the three broomsticks at noon and rushes off. I think this is unfair of her because she knows that because they're friends. I don't think it's in her, it's said specifically in the books, like written out, mm. that she knows that he's going to have a date with Cho today. But I would think that he would have told his friends, oh, I have a date with Cho today. Mm-hmm. So saying, you need to meet me today on Valentine's Day at the Three Broomsticks, even though you have a date with your girly. Like, I think that's a little selfish. True. I get why she's doing it, because we're going to find out in momentarily why she's doing it. Mm-hmm. But she should have been able to say, 
not noon. She should have been able to say two or three or four. Well, she should have. Sus- well, she suspected that Harry wasn't as dull as he is when it comes to talking to girls. Because she even tells him what he should have said. Yeah. I really don't want to, but you know, she's my friend, and she can she convinced me. But I really would just rather do it with you. She like spend the day with you. She even mm-hmm. told him like, why didn't you just say this? Because he's an oblivious teenager. Yes, she took for granted that he's an oblivious teenager. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Yes. In Hogsmeade, Cho suggests that she and Harry go to Madame Puttyfoot's tea room. Oh, God. Sounds so nice. The tea room is filled with snogging couples, embarrassing (laughs) Harry. He mentions he has to meet Hermione at the Three Broomsticks, but Cho, misunderstanding, departs in tears, despite Harry's humorous attempts to explain the situation. I want to find this so bad because it's so terrible that we it is have to the, read it. It makes you want to die a little bit, to be honest. It's so bad. It's so, so bad. I'm looking for it. Okay, so that's when you really miss it, don't you? Yes. They were talking about Quidditch. Um, and then Pansy Parkinson is a pain in the behind. Um and then that's when they decide to go to the tea room. Cute, isn't Here it? it is. Yeah. Or listen, do you want to come with me to the Dream Broomsticks at lunchtime? I'm meeting Hermione Granger there. She Ch- raised yeah. her eyebrows. You're meeting Hermione Granger today? Yeah, well, she asked me to, so I thought I would. Do you want to come with me? She said it wouldn't matter if you did. Oh, well, that was nice of her. But Cho did not sound as though she thought it was nice at all. On the contrary, her tone was cold, and all of a sudden she looked rather forbidding. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, my goodness. And then they're sitting there watching Roger Davies kissing his girlfriend with a mildly interested expression. He asked me out, you know, she said in a quiet voice, a couple of weeks ago. Roger, I turned him down, though. I still can't believe that he's this oblivious that he doesn't realize that she's like, I picked you, bro. And jealous. Yeah. Super jealous. Uh, I came in here with Cedric last year. (sighs) And of course, that makes Harry's insides become glacial. He could not believe she wanted to talk about Cedric now while kissing couples surrounded them and a cherub floated over their heads. Oh, she's so sad. Cho's voice was rather higher when she spoke again. I've been meaning to ask you for ages. Did Cedric... Did he mention me at all before he died? Seriously? He's about to die. What is he supposed to do? Hey, by the way, in case something happens to me, please tell my girlfriend that I know you have a crush on that I I care about her and want her to be okay. Yeah. Well, no, he said quietly. There, there wasn't time for him to say anything. Um, so, do you... Do you see a lot of Quidditch in the holidays? You support the tornadoes, right? Um, his voice sounded falsely bright and cheery. To his, or, to his horror, he saw that her eyes were swimming with tears again, just as they had been after the last DA meeting before Christmas. Look, he said desperately, leaning in so that nobody else could overhear. Let's not talk about Cedric right now. Let's talk about something else. To his credit, he realized Valentine's Day may not be the best time to talk about his... Her dead ex. His, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say 
his current girlfriend's dead ex. Anyway, murdered yes. to be fair. Yeah. Um, oh. Well, and then she apparently that was the wrong thing to say because then she's like, "I thought, I thought you'd un- understand. I need to talk about it. Surely you n- need to talk about it eh, eh, too. I mean, you saw it happen, didn't you?" Well, I have talked about it to Ron and Hermione, but oh, you'll talk to Hermione Granger. Oh, but you won't talk to me. Perhaps it would be be best if we just just paid and you won't talk to me. Perhaps oh no, perhaps it just paid and you went and met up with Hermione Granger like you obviously want to. Girl, calm the heck down. Cho. <laughs> He said weakly, <laughs> wishing Roger would seize his girlfriend and start kissing her again to stop her goggling at him and show. Go on, leave. I don't know why you asked me out in the first place. If you're going to make arrangements to meet other girls right after me, how many are you meeting after Hermione? It's not like that, said Harry, and he was so relieved at finally understanding what she was annoyed about that he laughed, which he realized a split second too late was a mistake. And she sprang to her feet, and she said, I'll see you around, Harry. Dramatically. That's the way she said it. And hiccuping slightly, she dashed to the door, wrenched it open, and hurried off into the pouring rain. Oh my god, this girl is full of drama. Listen, she's living her teenage life. Okay. um, You forget that they're teenagers. They're not even like... (sighs) This is the fifth book, right? So he's... He's 16... Or about to be 16? 17? Hold on. I don't know right now. My 11. brain hurts. No, he's 15. Because he turns 16 the year before the year starts. Right yes. before the year starts in I'm July. 12. 14. Because he was yes. 11 during year one. So 12. Yeah, so year he's two, still 15. 13. And Cho is what? 16? 16 or Maybe 17? 17? Yeah. They're, they're babies. <laughs> literally. Literally. Okay, okay. Anyway. Says the almost 40 year old. Stop. Oh. Harry arrives early at the Three Broomsticks and finds Hagrid sitting at the bar, looking battered, bruised, and unusually morose. Brushing off inquiries about his injuries, he leaves after making some general comments about families. Hermione is sitting with Luna Lovegood and Rita Skeeter, the disreputable tabloid journalist who wrote sensationalist and false articles about Harry and other students during the Triwizard Tournament. Hold on. You're early. I thought you were with Cho. I wasn't expecting you for another hour, at least. Cho? A girl? said Rita. Oh, no. It's none of your business if Harry's been with a hundred girls, Hermione told Rita coolly. So you put you put that away right now, as she was trying to look for something in her crocodile skin handbag. Surely not the quick uh, Rita quick. had been... On the point of withdrawing an acid green quill from her bag. We know what that is. That's a quick quotes quill. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you up to? Little Miss Perfect was just about to tell me when you arrived. I suppose I'm allowed to talk to him, am I? Yes, I suppose you are, said Hermione. Um, one word about Harry's love life and the deal's off and that's a promise. And Rita says, what deal? And this is when we find out what's happening. Hermione wants Rita to write an honest interview about Harry, not a slanted one that makes him appear mad. Luna's father will publish an interview in his paper, The Quibbler. Yeah, so... By the way, my reading skills right now are off the charts. I know. What's going on? 
I've ascended. Sorry. So, so Rita says to him, to Harry, so you actually stick to it, do you? That he who must not be named is back? Um, you stand by all this garbage Dumbledore's been telling everybody about you-know-who returning and you being the sole witness? I wasn't the sole witness, snarled Harry. There were a dozen odd uh, Death Eaters there as well. Want their names? I love them, said Rita. Uh, great bold headline. Potter accuses. A subheading. Harry Potter names Death Eater still among us. And then beneath, a nice big photograph of you. Disturbed teenage survivor of you-know-who's attack. Harry Potter, 15, caused outrage yesterday by accusing respectable, respectable and prominent members of the wizarding community of being Death Eaters. But of course, Little Miss Perfect wouldn't want that story out there, would she? As a matter of fact, that's exactly what Little Miss Perfect does want. You want me to report that he who must not... Oh, what he says about he who must not be named? Yes, I do. The true story. All the facts. Exactly as Harry reports them. He'll give you all the details. He'll tell you the names of the undiscovered Death Eaters he saw there. He'll tell you what Voldemort looks like now. Oh, get a grip of yourself. So we fast forward and she tells them that, like you said, you're going to publish this in the Quibbler. And she says, Rita says... Oh, well, let's start here. Rita stared at them both for a moment and then let out a great whoop of laughter. The quibbler, she said, cackling. You think people will take him seriously if he's published in the quibbler? Hermione says, some people won't, but the Daily Prophet's version of the Azkaban breakout had some gaping holes in it. I think a lot of people will be wondering whether there isn't a better explanation of what happened and if there's an alternative story available, even if it is published in a, and she glances sideways at Luna, in a, well, an unusual magazine. I think they might be rather keen to read it. And then she's like, well, what kind of fee am I going to get? Um, I don't think Daddy pay exactly pays people to write for the magazine. But who knows? The Daily Prophet might want an account of the, a life inside of Azkaban. <laughs> well, I guess I don't have a choice. Yeah. Daddy will be pleased, said Luna brightly. A muscle twitched in Rita's jaw. Okay, Harry, said Hermione, turning to him. Ready to tell the public the truth? I suppose, said Harry, watching Rita balancing the quick quotes quill at the ready of... Uh, on the parchment between them. Fire away then, Rita, said Hermione serenely, fishing a cherry out of the bottom of her glass. Listen. So stuff's about to go down. That's what I'm saying. This chapter is build. Build, yes. build, build. Cho, jealous, angry, hateful. Sad. Harry. Yes. But then the world is going to know the truth. Finally. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, anyway. Why can't I be dramatic? You've been dramatic this entire time. I mean, fair enough. <laughs> but still. Contain I could yourself. Be more dramatic. <gasps> <laughs> so that's that. That is that, guys. I mean, we're going to find out some, some interesting things. Yes. Some interesting things are going to happen, right? Yes. All right. And we're done. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm done now. <laughs> Yeah, you are. Yes. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it again. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Silly.